0: And welcome to a Living My Youth. My name is Noel Vogelman. This episode's a little bit different because we're discussing the life of an artist who tragically passed away 25 years ago this year, Ephraim Lewis. Now Ephraim had one album to his name. It was released in 1992, Skin. And the song that probably charted the highest, I think was Drowning In Your Eyes, hit 72 on the Billboard Hot 100, fantastic song just sucks you right in. All songs on the album are really good. Details of his passing are very sketchy. The Los Angeles Police Department were involved, but we don't know whether it was a suicide or something else. And unfortunately, we'll never know. There was really one article about his death I can find on the internet. And I wanted to dig deeper about the man and his career. Unfortunately, I had a couple doors shut in my face, but I was able to find one writer, Hope Silverman, who has fantastic, picking up Rock's blog, who wrote a nice piece about Ephraim, and we shared our interest in Ephraim's music. So we had a conversation about his life, drawing comparisons to Jeff Buckley, who also passed away with one album, and that's it. Uh, the goal of this podcast is basically to get Ephraim's music out there again, because it's so tragic that it's all but forgotten. You never hear any of his music on the radio anymore. That's it's very hard to find stuff on YouTube. There are a couple of clips, but that's it. Hope, very knowledgeable about the situation, and hope you enjoy my conversation with her. Joining me now is Hope Silverman from I discovered this this blog a few months ago, Picking Up Rocks, and it's fantastic. Um, We'll get into Tears for Fears another time, because that was a great, uh, I love Seeds of Love, I love that album, but we'll we'll get to that another time. But um, (laughs) uh, I discovered your article about uh, Ephraim, and I wanted to reach out to you, because it seems like we share, both share the same love of his music, and uh, if you want to just talk about how you... Got started with the blog and his music as well.
1: Yeah, I, I, to, to preface <clears throat> that, my, I had always wanted to work in a record store. And so, um, you know, I went to art school in New York City, so I was really familiar with all these great record stores. And that was, I know that might not seem like a huge aspiration for a person, but right. like, I really want to work in a record yeah. store. And so I ended up getting a job at um, CBGB's Record Canteen, okay. which was their kind of cruddy record store, right. weird record store next to the club. Um, which wasn't much of a record store. There was a bar in it. Yeah. And, um, there's all kinds of I have all kinds of stories from there. And uh, Johnny Thunder's called me sweetheart. <laughs> you know, I mean, like right. I was very young, but I was like super excited yeah. to be there. Um, a couple of years later, HMV, uh, right. Who were obviously a big record chain in the UK, and I was a complete Anglophile. Yeah. with pen pals to prove it um, I'd, I'd been in the UK like in the late 80s whatever so I was really familiar with it they opened uh, they wanted to expand okay. to New York and I was determined to get a job there and that's really what what yeah. launched all this stuff right and at that time you know I, I came so late to that party the hiring party that I ended up having to work mm-hmm. in the, the video department okay you know with VHS yeah tapes <laughs> right and, uh, laser discs, yeah. all that kind of stuff even though I was dying to work in right. rock, yeah, but gotta being, start somewhere, right? proximity Music was was good enough for me, and I had two main musical interests, which were um, you know I'm not going to count all the AM radio I grew right. up on, but um, basically anything from England okay. was I was down with right. that, and R and B. Okay, so I was. Uh, Huge, huge Marvin Gaye fan, massive collection of stuff, and right. Isleys, you know, very specific 70s Isleys, not yeah, around yeah. the edges. <laughs> um, and then anything British, right. basically, which, you know, of course in the 80s it was things like *You Eurythmics and Culture Club and all yeah. that kind of stuff, and Tears of Fears, what you were just talking about. But I was also fascinated with the R&B that came out of the UK. Okay. Um, which were things like uh, Loose Ends and Junior mm-hmm. and Imagination. Bands right. that were not, artists that were never bi- ever, no ever big here. Big here. Right. They would have like um, a song or two that might land in the American R&B chart like yeah. Junior did, Mama used to say, which right. is a pretty famous song. Um, but there was something about it that was different than American R&B to me. As much as I loved Jalen mm-hmm. Lewis and all those things, right. and WVLS, Quiet Storm, yeah. there was something very American sounding to that and very uh, European sounding about the stuff that came out of England and so to me it was a genre you know British R&B yeah um, but as we headed into the 90s there really it didn't really exist you mm-hmm. had an artist like Seal but right. Seal was not an R&B he artist. wasn't no. he was he came from the dance world he was a rock artist yeah at the end of the day right uh, and even though I loved him and everything and huge fan um, it was not in that genre yeah. so when a new release was was about to come out you know warner you would get a booklet okay. uh, kind of describing it's like here's a record right. that's coming out and our sales rep had told me it's like oh i think there's something you might like in here because of course i made a point of letting every yeah. we used to get promotional CDs right. and things and, you know you always wanted to get free stuff because we get paid nothing yeah <laughs> um and so i'd read about Ephraim and i had also Seen him mention like an enemy and Melody Maker, all this. I was, you know, consuming all the press and stuff. So I was really curious to hear what it sounded like, and it it basically landed right in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Oh, British army together, um, Right. (laughs) And so when I first heard it, I was I fell completely in love with it. It was kind of on the heels of, uh, I'm going to say, Massive Attack and that type of sound. Right. That's very sort of drum machine type of sound. So it was it was kind of chilly, but it was still had that kind yeah. of R and B feel to it, and I thought he was an incredible singer. And VH one started playing yeah. um, the video, right. um, I think it was for it "Can't Be Forever." And at that point, yeah, I was into it, it. I could not get enough of this record. I used to just yeah. play it constantly, right. and so it got to be known that I was like a fan. band yeah. <laughs> And conveniently enough, um, our once again our. Famous sales reps, so it's "Like, hey, we're doing a, a thing where he's he's going to be, you know, just to promote the record." It was mostly to meet all right. local retail of stuff, course. but I was just a scrub. I was not a manager. <laughs> I was just right. like, some person. For, with yeah. Down. And so we went to the, you know, it was like the bottom floor, the <laughs> back of this bar, and and he was there having to shake hands with all these people, and right. I was so determined to kind of muscle my way in it, meet yeah. him, which I did. And they right. had um, pictures of him up all over the wall, and like oh ephraim you know i'm so excited to meet you and i just ripped one off the wall and he's like oh yeah just rip it right off the wall <laughs> and he said he was really sweet and we you know we talked about you know whether or not he was going to tour and all this stuff and i i was i was definitely uh, i think i was the only fan person okay, right <laughs> <laughs> i can confidently yeah. say that um so but there was no reason to mm-hmm. think that he seemed like he was going to be the biggest star of in the course. world to me um, they wrote a huge you know they did one of those full page uh interviews mm. in, in interview magazine, right. which was really prestigious, so there was no reason to think this was not going to be successful yeah. and since I was working in a record store, I could see it wasn't selling eh you know yeah. not too much, right. even though you know I would beg the d j to to play, play it all the time yeah. um but nothing was really happening yeah. and You know time went by you move on to other things Uh, there was this band called the family stand i really you know i kind of like i was like all right yeah i'm putting you in the back for whatever um and he ended up and then uh, a song kind of turned up on a soundtrack this terrible movie was terrible don't see that movie no song was good Um, but yeah yeah. and he just seemed to fall off the radar right and obviously um in the days of no social media you know you would find out about things like say i Found out about certain artists dying from NME, or yeah. so you know what I mean, from a paper or a magazine. Right. And one day, um, this is 94, um, our Warner person came and said, Oh, you know, he he passed away. And I, I could not yeah. believe it. I didn't see anything in the newspaper. No, there was nothing. I didn't see anything. I didn't, wasn't reading Billboard. And right. also, I don't recollect it appearing in Rolling Stone magazine either. It was shocking. Um, he said, yeah, something something happened." And for years, I had no idea what happened. Right. So of course, once the internet kicks yeah. in, one of the first my first missions, you know, getting right. my first Apple computer, at the end right? Of the yeah, 90s, exactly. I need to find out what happened. Right. Go to
0: Netscape and check and it out. And
1: there was still not all that much it, information no. about it. Um, it wasn't until uh, years later um, there was an article. I think it was. I'm not sure if it was in the Daily Mail or something. Um, I read a copy of it. If you want to mm-hmm. see where it kind of filled in all the blanks, right. I was like, "Oh my God, this is what happened." It was absolutely shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just the the way that he died, which maybe we'll get into, but the fact that this was such a secret that yeah. nobody knew about it. You know, there was nothing. Um, you could still buy the CD. It was yeah, still in the section, them? but nobody seemed to have any awareness no. of this guy. Even to this day, this is the funniest. I don't know if it's funny, it's right. actually really sad. If you go to his Wikipedia page, the career part is empty. It's empty. There's nothing yeah. there. And so it's kind of been, with with the blog, I always had in the back of my mind, I really want to write something about him. Right. And just to, to so people know the blog, it was initially started um, off the heels of another blog I was writing for, where we featured uh, new music by new artists, kind of unsigned yeah. and stuff, you know, I'm a complete SoundCloud junkie and right. just, it's all about talking about that yeah. stuff, but then it morphed into trying to feature things that um, went unheralded or were forgotten mm. or weren't cool, Right. Um, which is something, I, this is why mm. I, I really like the Pods and Sods podcast, because, yeah. you know, I to me, cool is irrelevant. Of course. Um, so I thought I should I want to write about Ephraim, you know, I don't have a ton of information apart from you know this this big thing I read and my personal experience, but one there were things that I never understood about why he seemed to fade into obscurity yeah. whereas someone like Jeff Buckley right has you know been exalted to godlike status, mm-hmm. you know? And it and it was a very somewhat similar situation, I mean, with Jeff Buckley having the advantage of obviously the name, uh, he was known around here. But, you know, Ephraim had the backing of the record company. Yeah. I mean, they were, Elektra threw a lot of money right. to him. Um, so they, they both had that, but I think because of the fact that Ephraim was a, an R&B artist, it just, it's hard to explain or you know, and kind of um, ter- why that would happen. Right. I think we, there's an underlying thing there that exists. Um, but in my eyes and to my ears, those records, both Jeff Buckley's Grace yeah. and Ephraim Lewis's Skin, mm-hmm. I, I do look at them as equal uh, I don't know, uh, kind of even with each other in terms right. of quality. They're both debut albums, mm-hmm. they both show a lot of promise, mm-hmm. they were both not perfect, right. there was a, still a ways mm-hmm. to go, all all you were sure of was like there was something happening yeah. and it was going to be really good the, the talent level was super clear, cool. but Yet, and still, Jeff Buckley was the one who got the attention. Yeah. And Jeff Buckley, the the weird thing to me was, even when he was alive, he was not a superstar. You know, I saw him play. Right. He, he opened up for Juliana Hatfield, for oh, yeah. Right? I mean, he was not anywhere right. near the yeah. superstar. And where I worked, all the girls, like, we thought he was cute. Yeah. That was about it. And he used yeah. to play around New York all the time. Um, so there wasn't any reason to believe, like, this was going to happen in terms right. of how he's recorded now. Um, so that's frustrated me you know is this especially since not only the, all the press and um, books and stuff related to Jeff but the fact that they've released and reissued all this music. Ephraim Lewis as we found mm. out later was recording with Glenn Ballard right of course Glenn yeah. Ballard, Aladdis, yeah. Marset, Jagged Little Pill, Remember. and Those things have yet to see light of day. We have no idea how far along into recording he was. We know he, um, the story went is uh, that he was in Los Angeles doing these preliminary recordings Mm -hmm. with Glenn and nothing's happened. The only thing out there in the world is this first record and there's some kind of odd demos on YouTube that this guy posted, Mm -hmm. which there's no, I don't know what the timeline is on those. They sound really unfinished. They don't sound like Glenn Ballard songs. Um so he's kind of faded out of sight and it's it's really unfortunate. I I can only hope. I did speak to somebody uh, at Rhino uh okay. last year and I was like, Oh, you know, you really should kick yeah. this out because uh after I wrote this this thing I got some letters and okay. you notes know, saying like, Hey yeah, oh my god, I love this guy. Um why haven't they put this stuff out? I have no idea. Um I think it's it's Ripe for that, and when I think about things, you know, uh, like, um, there, <coughs> Pitchfork does this a lot, but everyone's so into celebrating these anniversaries right. now. Like this morning, it's like Arcade yeah. Fire, fifteen right. years since this came yeah. out, and you know, there's it's a like, okay. <laughs> this this god awful Australian band, Wolf Mother, They right, put yeah. out a deluxe edition, and yeah. I'm thinking, Ephraim Lewis, nothing, yeah. nothing. Um, Twenty five years. And it's since it's absolutely this year. ludicrous yeah. um, because it's really. a a lot of that record is... I just think it's a really beautiful record in places. Right. His vocals are impeccable. They're just amazing. I would liken him to um, <clears throat> Marvin Gay in some respects. Marvin could mm. be more, a little more unhinged, right? <laughs> but you know, Ephraim is more mannered and straightforward, yeah. but um, absolutely amazing. The songs themselves, too, they're, they're R&B. I would hesitate to call them neo-soul. It's more mm-hmm. like alt-soul. You know, kind of going down yeah. that avenue, a little bit weird, a little bit different, definitely British. you, hmm. you get that feeling right. from it. So that's, that to me is like that was the mission of writing this. was just hoping that, you know, look, don't forget yeah. this guy, and it's not too late for you to discover him. Yeah. I wish there were more footage. I wish we knew what those uh, recordings I believe to exist. because yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear them Right um but this guy deserved a lot better than he got posthumously there's no question and it's it's not too late i really hope Mm -hmm. that somebody will rescue this stuff or give it attention um you know the there's a a show called unsung right yes where they feature a lot of Mm r&b artists and they still once again Mm -hmm. he's perfect Perfect. you know this is somebody Mm -hmm. i wish we knew a little bit more about And unfortunately, too, um, there's people, uh, and I know you, when we spoke initially, there's people Mm -hmm. who don't wanna talk about him. Right. Um, It's still a little bit murky. Um, There were issues between his family and the record company Mm -hmm. that were pretty um, fractious. Um, Don't know, but there's a great record. It's there for people to listen to. I really hope that people will take the time, maybe after this, and kind of give it a chance. Um, if you think, you know, Jeff Buckley, Grace is great. Well, here's the R&B version. Here's yeah. a guy who really was going to be something. There's no question that once he yeah. hooked up with Glenn Ballard, like, whatever they kicked out, there was going to be a hit song. There was going to something, something, something there, right. As a result of it. Um, so, yeah, but he's kind of been uh, forgotten in the... Yeah the annals of time, right. you know, occasionally I'll like <laughs> go to Twitter and I'll just punch in his name. See see it's like yeah. usual to be somebody saying, Oh yeah, drowning I, in your eyes Right, they played this. Bad. yeah um, but it's really rare to hear anybody saying anything more yeah. about him. So yeah, yeah, it's you know um, so I was I was happy that you know
0: I, I first discovered him they had the training your eyes video I think he was like the artist to watch on VH1 when actually way back when when they played videos of course and I loved it fell in love with you know the video was beautiful itself and the song yeah. is you know it just sucks you right in
1: it's oh, like yeah. almost it's like a
0: male Chardet a little oh, bit yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so i had to go to was the store back then. It was Tower Records or The Wiz, whatever it was. You
1: didn't go to HMV? You didn't no, go didn't to my go, store? I didn't go, I'm sorry, I apologize,
0: oh. yeah. I, I wasn't even trying it? yet. I guarantee we had it. <laughs> you probably, yeah. You? <laughs> so I, I had to buy it and immediately fell in love yeah. with it. But go off to college, you, you have it in your catalog, but had no idea, and this was fresh in the in the freshman year when he unfortunately passed away, I had no idea maybe for five years that he passed away. There There was nothing, you- and and, and the story is very, like you said, murky. Yeah. And yeah. it's um, so. It's infor- if it was, you don't want to see anyone pass away. But if it, if he passed away, maybe ten years later or fifteen years later, when like, there wasn't social media then, but there was the internet.
1: Yeah. There would have been a movie no, made for this
0: guy already right. if if, if he died. There's no then, question
1: about that. Yeah. I think it was. You know. Yeah. It's it, the timing was is, was really yeah. bad. I mean, it sounds like a weird thing to right. say, but um, he's. When you think about all the artists who maybe aren't that great, where their every move is yeah. getting documented, of course, out, yeah, and yeah. like this guy just kind of like yeah. um, is came and went. It's I a know. cult figure. Not even yeah. that no, because yeah. it's I very rarely will come across people who who are familiar with him right. unless they're like of a certain age. Yeah, and I I don't know if you know. And even
0: like if you you might not know his name, but like some certain artists you don't know their names. But you play a song, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Right. I don't even but think you would, people would oh, recognize no. any of the songs if you play it No, them. no, it's, not it's, at it's, all. It's a shame, it really is.
1: Not at all. Um, so, yeah, it was just a, a lot of terrible circumstances. You know, he's just another one of those artists with one album, yeah. and that's all we got. Yeah. But as I say, it's not too late to, to discover this. Um, that's the beauty the, about music. <laughs> the best thing, too, is, like, there's... Uh, People feel ambitious enough to go to YouTube. There's uh, a live performance of a song called "Summer Lightning" that right. is staggeringly beautiful. I would highly recommend yeah. if you if you look at even or listen to even just one thing, that would be the right. thing. And hopefully that'll kind of like push you. Yeah.
2: means solutions, so won't you come and take me back, or let me out on the right track? I wonder, is it worth it? I wonder if this time
0: It, well, a few times very intimate Beautiful. performance yeah. I, I think uh there's one other video of his on youtube yeah, well yeah. I mean, besides the traditional videos i think a live performance but other than that there's, there's
1: yeah nothing. yeah there's there's nothing there's nothing um my my i more than information i think at this stage i would just love to hear what he was working on right um, in those latter days with Glenn Ballard. I've never, you know, I've never seen an interview with Glenn Ballard where they talk about it. Obviously, mm. he's worked with a uh, jillion some, yeah. people at this right. point. But um, I'd be curious what his impressions were and um, what was happening and uh, all that kind of thing. Mm. We'll never know. We'll never right. know. It's just really, it's a, it's a pretty sad story. But um, But as I say, you know, it's there to be discovered I just mm-hmm. hope
0: that's right do yeah that and <laughs> exactly you know you can go to YouTube check all his the, the whole CD is on there if you want to see some videos are on there as well Spotify yeah. I mean, you don't have to pay anything for it it's it's that's it's right. there so which is which is great but I, I just I always thought about this because his story would be a movie oh yeah and it's such a like a perfect story for a movie and like you can have Chadwick Boseman play him. He's like perfect. Oh yeah. Or like was it yeah. Aldous Hodge, another actor? And it's just like it would just be a perfect because he had such a hidden life.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was. There was so there was a to lot. Sort of there was a lot wondering. happening, and at the time, you know, the the story with um, him is that uh, he was not only was his his record getting some acclaim, yeah. kind of breaking out. He was also. Um, figuring out things in regards to his sexuality and you know he was he was gay and he was yeah. gonna come out and at that time yeah. you really didn't see that it Not was still uh, you know that was years before George Michael's really scandalous right. um, mm. ridiculously scandalous by the way just <laughs> yeah. um, outing or whatever you want to call it um, so the the Conversation is that he would have come out, and this, you know, this would have been a really big deal too, because right. it, once again, you know, um, uh, black artist from the UK, uh, R&B singer, just you know, there was he kind of fit the the mold of the that very masculine yeah, singer, yeah. right? Um, so who knows what would have happened? I mean, that immediately it would have, I think, just opened up a whole new audience to him and uh, you know who's to say this is all so speculative but he there were there were things happening with him and uh, they say like I guess towards the end he was still in a a good frame of mind and feeling relatively optimistic and um, anybody who's interested in this like I wrote a on my blog they can read the piece you know yes there's some sordid details in there which we don't have to go into here and then there's um, a picture
0: of the poster um, autograph to right. Hope on there as well, right? right which I still have. Yeah. To,
1: um, oh yeah, yeah. They used to the they call those things flats. Okay. It's like those yeah. fake album things. Right. And um, so normally, we you know, whenever a record would come out, we have to staple them up all over the <laughs> store. So um, I just saved a whole bunch of them anyway. But that, of course, is is a special one just because it's uh, signed by him. Yeah.
0: You know that's yeah. And it's funny because when I discovered when he passed away, it was like I told my roommate, I was like, oh, Ephraim Lewis passed away, he's like, who? And then I right. played some of the music and like, so before, nothing. Right. And it was just like, you know, you, you didn't think about him for a while, it's like, he put out a second album. This right. is when I thought he was still alive. Right. And I'm like, all right, let me go on to the old internet check and I found one article and it's still only one article about his, his passing. right? And w- which is weird, I mean, they really don't really want to get too much involved with the whole like political side of it, but a black man being, possibly being killed by police right. a couple of years after Rodney King, and there's nothing. Nothing. And it's you to think, whoa,
1: it's a relatively,
0: yeah. you know, it's known amazing. artist, nothing.
1: Uh, you know, this is why once again, I mean, obviously if this had happened 10 years ago, yeah. you know, there would be, be some, some yeah, publicizing of, of it but yeah i mean there's there's a an an element in there of you know um i, I don't even want to say misconduct i don't know mm-hmm. you know there's right. there there are a couple of different versions of, of how he passed away but um just for anybody listening it did involve the los angeles police department and it you know it's a very once again, I keep using the word murky, but it's a very murky yeah. scenario that's painted in <clears throat> the descriptions of this that I've heard um so yeah something something was awry though yeah. it it was it's clear that something didn't unfold right. the way it it maybe could have if things had been done correctly or i i don't I don't know, I don't hmm. know once again but um but I do believe that the fact that he was A a black artist you know you know where it's like once again Jeff Buckley is getting canonized and and this guy getting forgotten I do think there is something to. and and I think with R&B music as well especially in the 90s um, you know I I love Mojo and Uncut magazine I I would say I stand hard for them I do right but if you were an alien coming from another planet, reading this and assuming mm-hmm. it was the history of everything, it's like R and B in the '90s mm-hmm. didn't exist. No. They do not write about it at all. And a part of it, you know, is because it, it, maybe in America it was a bigger thing. You know, maybe mm-hmm. <clears throat> everything from Aaliyah to SWV to TLC, all that yeah. stuff, all that stuff that was huge here right. that I loved, um, it really didn't seem no. to touch what was happening over there. And so, when it comes to writing an R and B and about R and B yeah. in and the '90s in general, they, it's really not something that right. they ever talk about. No. And that includes something as as amazing as Sade. Yeah. That's my queen, everybody. Just so yeah, you know. <laughs> um, it's like a, the whole thing's kind of been written yeah. off as just not being as good or as yeah. interesting. And even in Best Albums of the '90s, you're not going to see Skin in there. No. From us. Um I just. You know, I, I still don't really understand that but um but I do think there's there's something of a racial element to it where it's just not um, it's maybe looked upon as maybe more poppy mm-hmm. and right, they yeah. and if it's something you know even smells of pop, they kind of they, yeah, run away dismiss- from it. Yeah. because um, it's just not as <laughs> credible right, or authentic apparently. Yeah. Um and if we ever talk about Tears for Fear, you'll yeah. see why that one falls goes right out the window.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: um so, yeah, you know, I, I, there's no way to redress the balance now unless yeah. somebody decides, hey, mm. let's make a movie. Yeah. Or, but, but or a rhino I mean, decides, yeah. like, hey, let's right. um, let's re-release all this yeah. stuff where somebody's like, hey, let's make a documentary. You know, everything has to fall into place in order for those things to happen. Yeah. A documentary would be great, would be, but um, at this stage, I just don't know I don't, I, if that's going to happen. Yeah,
0: it would have I, to be someone like us to really, like, right, force right. the issue. But, right, right. Who would you even contact? That's the thing.
1: Yeah, and the album itself would have to sort of be a rediscovered classic, Mm -hmm. you know, like Rodriguez or something. (laughs) Where it's like, hey, we'll make a movie around this. Right. I don't know that that's ever ever gonna happen.
0: Yeah. And when you talk Um, about like his like sexuality, the title track "Skin," I mean, he just basically lays it out in in that song. Yeah. Yeah. That you know he's hiding from the world. Yeah.
1: It's so, and it's amazing too because it didn't even occur to me at the time, you know, and when I heard about it, I was, I, like the light bulb, one of us was like, yes, yes, and it made me feel uh, even more strongly about his not being forgotten, you know, I was like, this, this makes it worse because I feel like there was a lot happening there that people would have embraced that would have been, you know, I, I don't want to use the term hmm. groundbreaking because yeah. it's going to make it seem like it was bigger than it was. Right. But I think that there was there's something to that, though. I think he would yeah. have broken across a line, and there are people who would have really responded to it. and yeah. And who knows? You know, I like the idea though, that he was working with Glenn Ballard and maybe, Moving yeah. a little bit away from the R&B direction yeah, sure. because that obviously it's it's um, it can be restrictive in terms of yeah. how people look at you Like right. we were just saying mm-hmm. with these magazines um, You know and it would have been great for him to like kind of break out and yeah. be forced to acknowledge it right and the funny thing is is that the guys who? Produced um Ephraim's record uh Cornby and bacon they went out to mm-hmm. work with like, you know Eagle Eye cherry right, and stuff yeah. but like oh, just things that broke, broke through, through to, to the time. regular yeah. world. right right? Um, So they were kind of on, you know, it was going to happen.
0: It was. Um,
1: Because those
0: guys, I think, dubbed him like the British Michael Jackson.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 It's a a weird analogy to me. I agree. Because I feel like he was much more of a Marvin Gaye Gaye style style, figure than Michael Jackson. Agreed. Um, He was not, you know... It's of course it's odd to talk about Michael Jackson now. Yeah. He he was not uh, remotely eccentric in what no. he was offering and it was really at the end of the day it was about the singing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about it wasn't the dancing, a show, right? Not at all. It was really a much more traditional approach i think a lot of that came from the fact that he grew up in a big family and there were aspirations of having a family group Group, and he was the youngest and so he got kind of branded as the michael jackson (laughs) of the family and you know they obviously they they, um well they did attempt Mm -hmm. this but Mm -hmm. um they had grown up singing in the church and stuff and um but it just it just didn't happen and so that yeah there was a thought to that so i think that's where a lot of that was was born from yeah. it's such a when i first heard that comparison i was like oh i yeah, never good. for one minute when i heard thought even, of that yeah thought of michael jackson no <laughs> not, not at second. all so it's it's yeah and i hope that back then that there weren't people at the record company where like that's what they were thinking yeah. hey this is our new michael jackson because right. there are a million other guys yeah. who could have been, been that, m- that guy but yeah um <laughs> it's definitely <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> i
0: know but even like <laughs> I can't remember when, like, because my car and the, obviously the apps with XM radio. I don't think I've ever heard, like, Drowning or even, you know, for, yeah. for Lost Hit or something like that, or even the Countdown. It's just it's completely, it's, it's a shame. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's truly a cult thing. I feel this way yeah. about um, uh, that he's uh, been the system because they had one big hit off uh, yeah. an album that, that wasn't yeah. there greatest album by a long way but they that's all they're remembered for and they made these couple of three like really Mm. great records before then but you're not really going to hear them right um and they were they were true pioneers of this electro soul Mm. thing it's just it still sounds so good now but where who's going to play that you know where are you going to hear any of it so there's a lot of that's a when you're straddling that line between yeah. being R and B and and something else, no. it's where do you where do you yeah. think it put at the end of the day? What right. playlist is that going to end up mm-hmm. in? I don't know. Right. And I I think that you know Seal sort of transcended that because once oh, well, again rock yeah. and he had a Kiss from a Rose, right. you know these really big yeah. hit songs and this big persona. um And sade same thing. They kind of you know I'm even uh, wary about calling her R and B because to me yeah. it's very dark right and weird and and kind of it's strange almost there in her own so category often. yeah it's cl- it's closer to jazz it's yeah. just very different um, but they have uh, a home as it's as yeah. like wh- where people right. are, you know if you're big enough yeah. your stuff's gonna get played anywhere no. it's not just an RV song it's a love song yeah, exactly. it's a slow jam right. It's all this stuff yeah but, yeah, but these guys, multiple platforms yeah like Ephraim you know it's kind of straddled that line yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, where did where's right. who's gonna play it? Yeah,
0: it's funny you mentioned uh-huh. the system because I've been trying almost two years now to get David Frank on, oh. and he he you know got back to me. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, send me your stuff and we'll try to work out something. And then that was that was it. But I've been trying because they it cause uh, they, they've been, they were fantastic. That would, be, and that would
1: be so great. Yeah. I to me they're like I'm not even kidding about the word pioneers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and especially when I was going in school in school in yeah. Manhattan, that's what New York City sounded like to right. me. You know, like things like the system, my radio yeah. rocks and stuff. I right. it it just sounds like New York City, and that's it's transcendently good. Yeah. Um, I did write something about them. You know, it's more of a fawning yeah. piece. It's right. Like, oh, they're so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another another band that's kind of just like gotten you know yeah. swept away. Mm-hmm. And the the other band I mentioned before, the Family Stand, who right. were they were a trio. Um, two guys and uh, a woman, Sandra St. Victor, they put out a record in the late 80s, uh, st- the song called Ghetto Heaven. It was R&B, but it kind of yeah. wasn't, and it became clear over time they were right. a rock band. Okay. So they ended up in the very early 90s putting out um, uh, a rock record, which, oh god, what's the name of the album, I can't remember. Um, they they were kind of a, a band called mm. Musicians and okay. Musicians. So like Scritti Politti, right, where okay. other musicians were just obsessed yeah. with them, right? Everybody wanted to work mm-hmm. with them. Um, they ended up doing, uh, producing like Paula Abdul's okay. Spellbound record, right. uh, Blonde Kisses in the Wind, okay. and, um, Rush Rush. Yeah. And they, uh, so I went, actually went to see Paula Abdul right. at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Color Me Bad opened. I just want to say that I didn't want to go at the time. Um, right. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> walking around, and I saw them. I, saw, I was like, oh, yeah. is that the family stand? They're sitting like yeah. up in the you know, the nosebleeds. Right. And my friend's like, oh, go say hi. Yeah. And, and I went, and I, I was like, are you the family stand? And uh, Peter Lord, the main guy, he's like, oh, my God, yes. And I was just telling them how much I love the record. And Sandra St. Victor, their vocalist, yeah. she's amazing, she turned around and said, yeah, well, I'm glad somebody heard it. You know, and they were yeah. signed to a pointer, and I was like, right. oh, this sounds pretty bad. Yeah. But their thing was, it was rock and it was soul, and there was nowhere to put it, and it just fell right down the drain. And it's, that I find, I just feel like there's this whole kind of genre where it's, it's, no one knows what to do with it. And um, those records, there's so many great records like that that kind of got forgotten. Mm -hmm. um, So the system being one of them, uh, all that stuff, so yeah.
0: Do you think now, with like obviously this, the streaming services, XM, there is a place for th- th- these artists, or is it is it harder now now that they're so like need, I, niche stas- stations? You know,
1: I, I don't know. You right. would need um, somebody who was really I think into this kind of thing, yeah. who had an audience to kind of put forth, right. you know, what it is. It's it's something in my head. It, maybe it is like like fan fiction in a way. It's mm-hmm. like my invented genre. Right. I just know that um, for me, I connect all those bands. I like them. It's like mm-hmm. you know the Isley Brothers, especially in the early '70s. They were making rock records. You know, uh, Ernie Isley learned to play guitar mm-hmm. from Jimi Hendrix, which everybody knows. But they were making um, just straight up rock records. Um, they it was that marriage of rock and soul um, <clears throat> with no kind of expectation of giant sales. Yeah. It was very political right. and stuff. But that kind of thing really went out of fashion, you know. Spent, like they even they turned into mm. a disco band, um, so you don't you just don't see too much of it. As I say, Seal kind of transcended mm. that, but I wouldn't. He got more of a pop from right. going, and um, <clears throat> but yeah, I feel like there's a myriad of, of records like that. As I say, you know, '80s British R and B is, is a yeah. really special thing to me, right. and. Anybody who's patient enough, we're going to do a, I'm writing about it in about a okay. month and there's going to be a really good mix attached to it. Oh good. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of these little forgotten pockets of, yeah. of artists and bands that I wish somebody would pay attention to. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 you know. Yeah,
0: it's, 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 it's hard, but well, I mean, your site definitely helps discover those artists once again. Um, Ephraim's album, Skin, it's it's out there. Please listen to it, YouTube, <laughs> SoundCloud, it. Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, if you wanna purchase it there. It's it's everywhere, just please um, discover it because I hate that he is forgotten. And it's a shame because that album is, is really good.
1: He's somebody who, who deserves your attention. I think anybody who just wants to hear some, absolutely top class soul singing that will blow your mind you should listen to him and as i said before you know check out the live performances on youtube because they are absolutely beautiful and uh yeah he's 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 pretty he was pretty special this guy oh thank Especially. you so much are welcome it was great to talk to you
0: And a special thanks to Hope for joining me today. Go check out her blog, PickingUpRocks.com. And like I said in the open, the main goal of this is just to remember Ephraim. He had a tragic life, and his album Skin should be out there. It should be celebrated, because unfortunately, that's all we're going to get from him. And just enjoy it. I really hope that someday the music he was working on will see the light of day. Maybe there'll be a documentary about his life, because... It really needs to be out there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first null Be sure to like the page "Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, it's also on Podbean. Go to Living My com for all your merchandise. A new episode comes out every Wednesday. We'll see you next week.